You're listening to the podcast of Christ Walk Church in Fernandina Beach, Florida, where we exist to inspire people to follow Jesus every day. We hope that these messages encourage and challenge you to live for something more. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can find us online at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening. Now here's today's message.
morning, Christ Walk Church. I hope that all of you have had a wonderful Christmas and that you are enjoying celebrating with family and friends. You know, it's so hard to believe that we are about to wrap up another year and turn the page into a new one. Uh, I truly believe that 2022 can be our best year yet, and I hope that you'll take a moment in the coming days as we bring 2021 to a close and transition into a brand new year to spend some time just reflecting on all the incredible things that God did in and through our church and its people in this past year. And, and on that note, before we jump into today's message, let me just tell you about some of the things that are going to be happening right after the first of the year. On Sunday, January 2nd, we'll be kicking off an extended season of prayer and fasting for 30 days between January 2nd and January 31st. You can find out all of the details that you need to know to participate in this season of prayer and fasting with us on our website at thechristwalk.com forward slash pray 30. In addition to a handful of in-person prayer gatherings during that time, you'll also be able to participate in a Bible reading plan with me. And there's even a place where you can register to let our staff know that you're participating with us and um, some information that you can provide so that we can be praying and believing God along with you during this season. So that I hope that you'll start off your new year with us uh, in this season of prayer and fasting. Once again, you can find out all the details and register, get all the information that you need there at thechristwalk.com forward slash pray 30. Married couples out there, uh, go ahead and save the dates, Friday and Saturday, February 11th and 12th. Uh, we're going to be hosting a special marriage conference at the church. Uh, more detailed information is going to be coming out about this after the first of the year. But for now, I just wanted to let you know so that you could keep those dates open so that you and your spouse will be able to participate. It's going to be an incredible time, and I hope that you will be able to be with us. Uh, we're also going to be launching a brand new semester of life groups at the end of January. So if you're not engaging in biblical community with other people, now is the time. I hope that you uh, will prayerfully consider joining a group this coming semester so that you can take the next step in growing in your faith and your relationship with Jesus. And, and maybe uh, the Lord has placed it on your heart to start a group of your own. Um, if that's the case, we would love to help resource you and help you to get that group off the ground. Um, you can simply send an email to hello at thechristwalk.com and let us know that you're interested and then we can point you in the direction of next steps to get your group started. And speaking of next steps, for many of you, uh, your next step at Christ Walk Church is to go through Discover Track. Um, Discover Track is a three-part class that's going to help you to discover who we are, discover who you are, and discover what we can be together. Uh, I can't think of a better way for you to start off the new year than by jumping into Discover Track and taking that next step into the life of Christ Walk Church. Uh, you can find all the details on the events page 
at thechristwalk.com. Just click on the tab that says events, and there's a place there where you'll, you will be able to register you and your family for Discover Track. And then lastly, uh, just want to remind you, don't forget that our Heart for the House end of your offering will still be open for you to participate in giving through the end of the year. This special offering is going to serve as seed money for our 2022 Kingdom Builders Initiative. And you can find out all of the details as well as give online at thechristwalk.com forward slash give. There's even a place there where you can make a pledge to support the Kingdom Builders Initiative ongoing throughout 2022. And I believe that you can already see this coming year is going to be an exciting year, and I am anticipating that the Lord is going to continue to build on what he's already established in this past year here in 2021. And I sincerely hope that you and your family will lean in and choose to be a part of all that God is doing here at Christ Walk Church. It is going to be an awesome time, and I'm looking forward to linking arms and taking a step forward into this new year and everything that God has in store for us together. Now, with that said, today we are wrapping up a series called Advent, where we've been taking a closer look at the themes of faith, hope, joy, and peace that often find themselves at the forefront during the holiday season. We've also been using the Advent wreath as the backdrop of this series to provide both guidance and support for us. And in part one, we lit the prophet's candle. And this candle symbolizes hope. The hope that we have through the prophecy of the Old Testament writers for Jesus' initial uh, coming to the world, but also the continued hope that you and I have in this season of waiting between two advents as we hope for the day of his eventual return. And then in part two, we lit the Bethlehem candle. And this candle symbolizes faith, and it, especially the faith of Mary and Joseph who accepted God's call and his plan for their lives by choosing to bring Jesus into the world, even in the midst of less than desirable circumstances. And last week, we, in part three, we lit the pink candle, which is the shepherd's candle. And it's pink because it represents the message of joy that the angels delivered to the shepherds in the fields on the outskirts of Bethlehem that Jesus, the Savior, had been born And today we light what is known as the angel's candle. This candle symbolizes the message of the angels that Jesus would bring peace to all men. And so that's where we'll be spending the next few minutes today talking about this idea or this theme of peace as we close out our Advent series. You know, it seems that A lot of people are always concerned about world peace. That's a a phrase or terminology that we hear thrown around in a number of different uh, circles. It's it's something that we hear people are are praying for and believing for and and hoping for that one day we will achieve world peace. Uh, Upon Googling the term world peace, there are some 1.6 billion results. 
Yet, despite all of the focus on world peace, in one half-hour news broadcast, we are faced with the issues of rumors and racism, turmoil and tragedy, pandemic and panic, hunger and hatred, vaccines and variants, inflation and isolation, deceit and depression. The list could go on and on, and none of those things hardly seem to be the recipe for anything close to resembling peace. And so if, if world peace itself doesn't seem attainable, then some of us, we shift our sights to this idea of, of personal peace or what some people might refer to as inner peace. Another quick Google search of the phrase, how to have peace, returns over 3.8 billion results. Yet despite all the tricks and tips and tutorials, I've rarely met anyone who would describe their lives as peaceful. Hurried, maybe. Painful, yeah. Uncertain, confusing, angry, definitely, but not peaceful. In our quest for peace, it, it seems that, that some are anxiously awaiting the new year, hoping that it's going to bring to an end whatever current situation they are facing and deliver the peace that is so desperately sought after. And others are anxiously dreading the new year, fearing that what lies around the corner is even worse than their current experience and that it will simply drive a wedge, separating them even further from the peace they so greatly desire. And the problem with both of those outlooks and approaches is that they're equally riddled with anxiety and both of them are focused on the wrong thing, which begs us to try and answer a couple of questions. First, what is peace? And secondly, how do we get it? So for starters, let's, let's take a look at Isaiah's prophecy of the coming Messiah. This is a scripture we've read several times here over the past few weeks during this Advent season. Isaiah 9, verse 6, a well-known passage. It says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah says that the child to come, Jesus, the Messiah, that he's going to be the prince of peace. And this term prince, it, it often speaks of royalty, which we know Jesus is, was. But prince also means a, a person or thing that is chief or preeminent in any class, group, etc., so, so what this is telling us is that when Jesus comes or, or when it comes to peace, there is no higher source than Jesus, that Jesus is the source of peace. Now we fast forward from that prophecy in Isaiah to the New Testament in Luke chapter two, where that, that prophecy comes to fruition and, and we hear the message of the angels being proclaimed to the shepherds in the fields that night, saying, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth 
to those with whom God is pleased. So not only is Jesus the source of peace, but peace comes to those with whom God is pleased. See, because of our sin, we became enemies with God, and there was, there was separation, there was war, there was, there was struggle there. But through the acceptance of Jesus Christ, as we receive him, not just into the world, but into our hearts as Lord and Savior, the, the Prince of Peace and the Source of Peace, we are made to be in right standing with God the Father. So this concept of biblical peace, it's, it's not merely the cessation of hostility, but it is the sum of all of God's blessings to his children, those that are in right relationship with him. So, so Jesus is the source of peace, and that peace is brought about through right standing with God the Father. This leads us to another verse in the New Testament, in one of the Gospels, John chapter 16, verse 33. This is Jesus speaking, and he says, I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So peace is found in Jesus. He is the source, and it's through him that we are granted right standing, right relationship with God the Father. And then Jesus, as the source of peace, he's reminding those that would follow him, that would receive him as Lord and Savior, that, that even though peace is attainable, peace is something that we, can, that we can have, that we can experience, it does not mean that life's difficulties disappear. I recently read a quote from someone that said, peace does not mean to be in a place where there is no noise, no trouble, or hard work. It means to be in the midst of those things and still be calm in your heart. Peace doesn't mean the absence of the storm. It means in spite of the storm, we can still be peaceful. Because the truth is, Jesus never promised us that life would be easy. But he did promise us that he would help. He said, take heart because I have overcome the world. And so because he's overcome the world, that means he's overcome anything that's going to come against us and that he's going to be there beside us, walking with us, carrying us through those situations and circumstances in our life that we would deem to be less than desirable. Those things that create chaos and, and, and disruption and discord in our lives rather than bringing about peace. And so this idea of peace and what Jesus says about it as the source of peace, causing us to be in right relationship with God the Father, causing us to, to, uh, to experience this peace in spite of the storms and the difficulty of our life. It's a reminder that, that peace doesn't take away the difficulty of the world, but it does transcend it. The difficulty of the world doesn't go away, but peace does transcend that difficulty. Continuing on in our search for the discovery of what peace truly is, we, we take a look at um, another passage from the Gospel of John, where in verse or chapter 14, rather, where Jesus said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. 
So don't be troubled or afraid. This is telling us that peace is a gift. And it's, it's not anything that can be manufactured through whatever the world has to offer. We don't, we don't get... Uh, we don't get peace in our life because we've checked all the boxes off on the to-do list or we don't experience peace in our life as a result of financial security or a clean bill of health or a job promotion. Getting married or having children isn't going to bring about peace in our life. It, it doesn't come as the result of the purchase of a new car or a bigger house or whatever. We can only receive the gift of peace from Jesus because Jesus, him alone, is the giver of peace. Now we go a little bit deeper into the New Testament. We take a look at one of Paul's letters, um, the letter that he wrote to the church in Galatia. In Galatians 5, he says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We experience the gift of peace in our life through the work of the Holy Spirit. So this was, would suggest to us that if peace isn't present in some area, then it's highly likely that we are closed off to the work of the Holy Spirit in that area of our lives. Because the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us and works in and through us, that, that what's going to be produced, part of that is going to be peace. The Holy Spirit will produce peace in us. So we have these ideas here that, that Jesus is the source of our peace, that peace is brought about through right standing with God the Father, that peace doesn't take away the difficulty of the world, but it does transcend it, that Jesus is the giver of this gift that is peace, and, and he gives it to us through the Holy Spirit, which produces this work of peace in us. So now that we have a greater understanding of what peace is, let's turn our attention to the second question. How do we get peace? How do we get peace? In Philippians chapter four, verses six through nine, Paul writes this. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So the recipe for peace is right here in these few verses from Paul's letter to the Philippians. Number one, Paul says, if we're going to experience peace, first, we need to stop worrying Stop worrying. I want you to think right there, wherever you're at today, I want you to think about that thing or, or those things that you're worried about. What are those things that are reasons for worry, causes for worry in your heart, in your mind, in your life? You got those things? Are you thinking about them? Have they come to mind? All right. Now, stop. That's it. Stop. Stop worrying about them. Don't worry about them anymore. Just let them go. Just release them. Give them over to the Lord. 
Let him carry those burdens. And you and I, let's allow ourselves to just be set free. Whatever those causes of worry are in our life today, we need to just stop. That's Paul's directive for the people of God. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Just stop worrying. That's the first thing we've got to do if we're going to experience peace in our life. And the second thing is not only do we stop worrying, but we need to start praying. What Paul's saying is that, that when, when circumstances and difficulty and, and adversity, when it arises in our life, worry should not be our go-to approach. Instead, prayer should be our first line of defense. And what should we pray about? Paul says, everything. We should pray about everything. That means the big stuff we should pray about. The little stuff we should pray about. The in-between stuff we should pray about it because God cares about all our stuff. So whatever it is that's going on in our life, we're going to stop worrying about it and instead we're going to start praying about it because that is the recipe for us experiencing peace in our life. Stop worrying, start praying, and then number three, be thankful. Be thankful. If we want to experience peace, we need to exchange our worry for prayer and thanksgiving. And so what are we supposed to thank God for? Well, we thank him for everything he's done. And I know what some of you might be thinking, well, what if he hasn't done anything yet? Well, the truth is, is that just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean that he hasn't done it. Just because he isn't doesn't mean that he can't. And just because he hasn't doesn't mean that he won't. I've come to discover that the way God works in our lives is a lot like the way a duck swims. See, to you and me, it looks like the duck is just casually sitting on top of the water. No big deal not much going on. But if you and I were able to look just beneath the surface, we would see that duck's little webbed feet going 90 miles a minute in order to keep him afloat and positioned so casually and calmly there on top of the water. So just because we don't see it happening doesn't mean that God is not orchestrating all of the things and, and behind the scenes and bringing them into order so that they can come to fruition in your life. So whatever those things that you've been worried about, those things that you were thinking about earlier that had you call to mind, it's time to start thanking God instead in the midst of those things. God, I thank you that that bill is going to be paid. God, I thank you that my body is healed. God, I thank you that my marriage is being restored. God, I thank you that my child is going to be saved. God, I thank you that fill in the blank with whatever it is that you need to begin to thank God for. See, Paul says that when we stop worrying, and we start praying and begin expressing our thanksgiving to God that even for things that haven't come to fruition yet, he says, then we will experience God's peace. 
then we will experience God's peace. It's a transfer of power. We remove the power from our problem and we ascribe it to God. Instead of worrying about the issue, we begin to thank God for the solution and the provision. And so we transfer that power. We take the weight and the heavy and and the strength of that burden that we're carrying. And instead, we, we ascribe that power to God and his greatness and his holiness and his majesty and his ability to move in our heart and in our lives, we begin to realize that the God that we serve is so much bigger than any problem that we could ever face. And so the result of that is peace. And and from the outside looking in, it's not going to make sense to onlookers and bystanders. They're going to think, man, that person's crazy. They're experiencing all of that, yet they're so calm and cool And collected, that's going to be a result of the work of the Holy Spirit in our life, producing that peace that Jesus so freely gives you and I if we'll just reach out and accept it, stopping all of our worry, instead starting to pray and being thankful for what God can and will and is doing in our life. I recently came across an incredible story that illustrates this idea so beautifully. It's the story of a man named Horatio Spafford, and some of you may know him without realizing that you know him. Makes sense in just a moment. Uh, Lloyd Newell tells Spafford's story this way. He says, life can be so unpredictable, joys and sorrows, beautiful blessings and distressing difficulties can come unexpectedly. Our life's dreams and plans can change in an instant. We all know this to be true, so how can we find peace amid such turbulence? Horatio Spafford knew something about life's unexpected challenges. He was a successful attorney and real estate investor who lost a fortune in the great Chicago fire of 1871. Around the same time, his beloved four-year-old son died of scarlet fever. Thinking a vacation would do his family some good, he sent his wife and four daughters on a ship to England, planning to join them after he finished some pressing business at home. However, while crossing the Atlantic Ocean, the ship was involved in a terrible collision and sunk. More than 200 people lost their lives, including all four of Horatio Spafford's precious daughters. His wife, Anna, survived the tragedy. Upon arriving in England, she sent a telegram to her husband that began, Saved alone, what shall I do? Horatio immediately set sail for England. At one point during his voyage, the captain of the ship, aware of the tragedy that had struck the Spafford family, summoned Horatio to tell him that they were now passing over the spot where the shipwreck had occurred. And as Horatio thought about his daughters, words of comfort and hope filled his heart and mind. He wrote them down, and they have since become a well-beloved hymn. When peace, like a river, attendeth my way. When sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to know, it is well, it is well with my soul. 
Perhaps we cannot always say that everything is well in all aspects of our lives. There will always be storms to face, and sometimes there will be tragedies. But with faith in a loving God and with trust in his divine help, we can confidently say, it is well, it is well with my soul. See, peace isn't something that happens as a result of our circumstances, but rather it's a gift that we can receive in spite of them. So my question for you this morning is, what are you worried about that you should be praying about instead? And what are you praying about that you need to go ahead and thank God for as if you've already received the answer? God's already come through, that the blessing has already been realized. And I believe that just like Paul says, that if we'll do those things, then we can experience the peace of God, which is a peace that passes all understanding. And I really can't think of a much better way to close out one year and begin the next by leaning into the peace that only we can get from Jesus Christ. I pray that God would grant you the fullness of peace that is promised to you during this season of Advent as you exchange the worries of this world for prayer and thanksgiving. Christ Walk Church, I want you to know that I love you. I'm praying for you. And I believe that because of Jesus, the best is yet to come. From my house and my family to yours, we wish you a very happy new year. Thanks for tuning in today. I'll see you soon. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Christ Walk Church podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. To find out more information about Christ Walk Church, including our service times, how to connect with us on social media, and the ministry opportunities we have for you and your family, simply visit our website at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget, because of Jesus, the best is yet to come.